So there's this video on YouTube and I just keep returning to it. It's black and white and was first broadcast on the BBC in 1964. And it's a report from the World Fair in New York, which is an exhibition in which countries celebrate their achievements and where people try and predict the directions in which human society are moving. And this report never fails to make me laugh as it charts these fantastic visions of technologically driven changes in human society. One day, not so far in the future, you may go with your family for a holiday not by the sea, but under it. The experts claim that the underwater hotel is something else to look forward to. I mean, it almost feels like a pastiche of 50s and 60s optimism, predicting a technological utopia of endless leisure and ease. The rise in world population will also mean that men will live in domed communities on the ice caps. And then in the video, uh, a man emerges. And he is the writer, Arthur C. Clarke, who penned the classic novel, 2001, A Space Odyssey. And talking straight to the camera, he addresses us, saying the only thing we can be sure about the future is that it will be truly fantastic. So, if what I say now seems to you to be very reasonable, then I will fail completely. Only if what I tell you appears absolutely unbelievable have we any chance of visualising the future as it really will happen. For the most part, Arthur Clarke's predictions have proven totally wrong. Bound up in a 60s optimism which predicts techno-utopias that to me look like, well, nightmares. But there's one moment which jumps out. I'm thinking of the incredible breakthrough which has been made possible by developments in communications, particularly the transistor and, above all, the communications satellite. These things will make possible a world in which we can be in instant contact with each other, wherever we may be, where we can contact our friends anywhere on Earth, even if we don't know their actual physical location. It will be possible in that age, perhaps only 50 years from now, for a man to conduct his business from Tahiti or Bali just as well as he could from London. In fact, if it proves worthwhile, almost any executive skill, any administrative skill, even any physical skill, could be made independent of distance. This prediction has come true. We exist in a world where information communication technologies have made a remarkable number of tasks independent of distance. It is no longer necessary for many workers to share the same geographic location as their colleagues or their employer. Clerical work, transcriptions, video editing, copywriting and a huge raft of other types of work can now be done from nearly anywhere on the planet. Communicating, sharing files and transacting payment via their computers. Of course, the majority of physical skills, manual labour, driving or cleaning, require a person to be in a specific place. But for an increasing number of different types of work, this is no longer the case. This series of the Fair Work podcast is about this change. It's about what happens when work goes global and the emergence of platforms that manage the transactions, 
between workers and employers scattered across the four corners of the globe. It's about the creation of labour markets that exist at the planetary level and the social, political and economic questions that this poses for workers. I'm Robbie Waring. Welcome to the Planetary Labour Market. In this series, I hope to take us on a journey and I want to start that journey with a sound. intense isn't it but this is the sound of the dial-up internet today if we would think of the sound of a computer we would probably imagine a gentle hum the sound of your overworked laptop fan perhaps but this is the sound of data itself this will be old news to those who use computers before the mid-2000s but previously to connect to the internet you needed a telephone wire which would allow you to connect to other modems This is the sound of data being passed down that telephone wire in the form of audio signals. Data which would then be decoded. It is the sound of computers talking to one another. 63% of the world's population is now connected to the internet. Just think about that for a second. That means 5.03 billion people are connected to a network that enables them to communicate and share data instantaneously. It's the largest infrastructure for collaboration in the history of our planet. And the internet has made it possible for a company based in France to work instantaneously with a graphic designer based in Colombia. It's made it possible for a YouTuber in Japan to get ad revenue from an audience based in Russia. Made it possible for a technology company in the US to work with a data labeler based in Uganda. Within this process, online platforms have become the intermediaries, enabling workers and clients around the world to come together. They are digital meeting points, but more importantly, they are labor markets. Labour markets, which in some cases encompass millions of workers who are competing for the same jobs, the same wages, on the same terms, regardless of where they are in the world. And this is what we mean by planetary labour markets. Quite simply, labour markets which exist at the scale of the planet. These are platforms like the freelancing platforms Upwork or Fiverr, microwork platforms like Amazon Mechanical Turk or Remo Tasks, but there are also things like the content creation platform YouTube, the sex work platform OnlyFans, or the streaming platform Twitch. What draws these diverse digital infrastructures together is that they are enabling migrations of labour, but not of people, where clients and workers from around the world can transact regardless of the physical distance between them. In this series, we'll hear from workers across a huge range of different platforms and we'll hear their stories 
as they navigate working within planetary labour markets. We'll explore some of the social, political and economic impacts that online platform work is having on our global labour markets. We'll talk to workers fighting to improve conditions and hear from researchers at the cutting edge. And just a final note before we begin. I really want this podcast to be an interactive experience, a dialogue if you will. If you listen to the podcast and you have any thoughts, reflections, ideas or stories that you want to share, don't hesitate to get in touch. And my email is in the description of every episode. Part one of this series will be three episodes looking at the hidden labour force behind the world's AI revolution. In part two, we'll turn to content creation and a group of YouTubers trying to unionise in the face of huge barriers. And part three will turn to the world of online sex work platforms. I hope you enjoy the shows.